Merry Christmas. It's so good to be here with you in the, in the, in the metropolis of Crowley. And uh, I'm so glad that uh, you're with us this morning. If you're visiting, just, well, I just want to say this. Welcome to, you know, only good-looking people come to our Savior's Church of Crowley. And we just want to let you know we're so glad that you're here. I want to welcome you for the Christmas service that we're having this morning. And, and, and it's, it's really one of the most wonderful times of the year. And it's not just a cliche. But I believe is anybody, anybody here have family traditions for Christmas? I know for us is that we, uh, we always uh, go to my mother's on Christmas Eve and we do the white elephant gift. And they always have a $100 bill in one of the gifts. And, and so we try to play the game and stuff. And I'm in charge of the white elephant. There's nine kids and there's a lot of grandkids and a lot of great-grandkids. And I don't know if there's some more great-great-grandkids. But anyway, I'm going to see in-laws and outlaws that I don't see all year. You know what I'm saying? And so will you. And we're praying for you. And, uh, you know, one of the traditions we do on Christmas is that <clears throat> we get up in the morning and we read the Christmas story before we open the presents. And my kids are tormented sometimes. And but, you know, the neat thing is over the years is like they want to read the story and we talk about it. And then we talk about what Christmas is really all about. And the, the greatest gift is Jesus. And, uh you know, we get to celebrate his birthday together. And the great thing is my wife always, we always have like these huge uh, cinnamon rolls. And I always hope there's one left over because I like to eat them, you know. And then we, get, we, we have eggs and we get that thick, thick bacon, you know what I mean? It's just like that chewy bacon that's really good. And that's kind of our tradition. And we open gifts and uh, we sit in our pajamas half the day or our sweats or whatever it is. And, and we just hang out and and when I have grandkids, I mean, my wife and I, we have six children, nine grandchildren, but most of the grandchildren are going to be out of town this year. So it's a, it's a light, it's Christmas light for us. And, uh, you know, putting toys together and just hanging out and stuff. And so mostly I'm going to have just girls at the Christmas party. So I guess I got to make Barbie doll houses and things like that. But it's okay. Pink's good. And, uh, hey, I'm married to a girl who likes pink, so I better be good. And, and so we, we, those are just traditions that we, we do. And sometimes we go see a movie, you know, in the afternoon, and we just have our, our tradition. How many of you open presents on Christmas Eve? Oh, one person. We're praying for you. Anyway, how many of you open presents on Christmas morning, Christmas Day? All right. And, uh, you know, it's like, uh, you know, I know that some people just like to open them right away. My wife likes to open gifts where, and like when she opens a gift, it's almost like you can rewrap it because the paper has no wrinkles in it. Not me. I'm just, I'm one of those like grab it, tear it, you know what I mean? And uh, see what's there. And, and, and it's like, it, it's kind of neat, you know, it's like that we can wait 365 days and show everybody you know, we got to take a picture of Christmas around the tree. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Take all those pictures, and nowadays we, we, we post it, and, and everybody go, oh, look at them. They're so cute, you know, and they look at those kids. and Oh, they're all got but the same pajamas on. We don't do that one, you know, and, and it's like, and if you do, God bless you. But, uh, you know, take a picture. We thank people, and, and you know, and so um, Wednesday, the whole country, for Christmas is going to shut down. Think about it. Stores close. Even Walmart closes. McDonald's closes. Think about it. There, there are very few people in the interstate. And can you imagine an event in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago? Can you, it had a profound impact on what? On us today. 
it still has an impact on us today. You see, every time you use the reference of 2019, the reference is, a, is, the, is, the, starting, is the birth point of Jesus. Think about that. Every reference we make, this new year is going to be 2020. And see, what's supposed, and so my question is, you know, a lot of people go, well, Pastor Bubba, what's so special about Christmas? I love coming here because y'all ask good questions. And so what I want to do is, the first, number one is the relevance of Christmas is God came to earth. God came to earth. What do you mean, Pastor Bubba? Look, the Bible says in Matthew in, in the New Living Translation, it says, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. I can sum up Christmas in one phrase. God came to earth. He came to earth. What do you mean, Pastor Bubba? You know, World War II, there was Normandy. It was a big event, D-Day. And, you know, and the, and, 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 but there's bigger news that invaded the earth 2,000 years ago. It was big news when men walked on the, earth, on the moon in 1969. I remember watching that as a kid in our black and white TV and going, and it was fuzzy. You know, and like, look, the man, you know, everybody was watching that program if you were around that time. But it's a bigger news when God walked on the earth. Imagine God walked on the, on the earth. You see, most shocking of all, he came in the form of a human being. If, if I were God, I would have sent him in a more spectacular way. Let me just, I would have had like Colosseum, you know, come out breaking through the earth, you know, like, you know, super strong, kind of like an X-Man kind of, you know, Superman. All, all, I mean, just like, you know what I mean? I'm here to kick the devil's butt. You know what I'm saying? That's me, lights flashing, you know, all that kind of stuff. But God sent Jesus into the world in the exact, he sent him, you know, into the world the exact same way you and I came. He was being born into it. Why come as a baby? He came to save us, not scare us. You see, nobody's afraid of a baby. Think about it. I mean, they have cute babies here. They have cute little kids. They have the kids here singing. They're just cute. You know what I mean? And some of them, you know, they I don't want to go up there, Mama. If you don't go up there, I'm going to full on call you out. <laughs> yes, Mom. You see, he came in a way that we could all relate. He was born just like you and me. He grew up like us. He was tempted. He was discouraged. He was frustrated. How many of you ever been frustrated? How many of you been frustrating with the traffic in Lafayette or Lake Charles if you have to go? Okay, never mind. Well, that's a whole nother message. He got tired and he suffered like us. Jesus can always say, I've been there. I know how you feel. It reminds me of a grandfather. He's going to visit his grandson at Christmas and his grandson was in the playpen, and he was like, Papa, 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 get me out. And he's crying. You, you know what I mean? And the, and the Papa goes to pick him up, and all of a sudden, he hears law and order. Daddy, don't pick him up. How many of you know that he didn't want to experience that, the wrath of his daughter, number one? The other thing is, but it's his grandson. He's tugging on him. He's pulling on his sleeves. Come on, Papa. Papa, pick me up. 
He can't, he can't stand there being in the same room and not doing anything about it. So what does he do? He climbs in the playpen with his grandson. Now, that's a good picture of what Jesus did with us and for us. What do you mean? When Jesus showed up in the stable, he was declaring to the world, there's no place I'm not willing to go. There's no heart too broken, no life too messed up, no sin too great, no person too hard, no distance too far, and there's no person he cannot reach. You know, I've had conversation with one of my relatives. You just don't know. God can't save me. I go, oh, really? Really? That's why I want to go, you remember me? Remember what I was like? If God can take someone like you and me, how many of you there's hope for other people in the world? Look at your neighbor go, by God, there's hope if you got saved. You see, I need to pause for the cause. Here's it is, and say, I'm glad he came. You know why I'm glad he came? Because he came down. He came down my life. When he came down, my life went up. You see, the second reason for Christmas he came, here's it, for your benefit. Not his own, but for yours. The Bible says in Luke, and the angel said to them, fear not. I, you know, when I have a hard time with that sometimes when angels show up in the Bible. And they go, fear not. Come on, if a nine-foot angel showed up, he's not like a little Cupid angels with the little diapers and the little, the little harps and the little bow and arrows. Listen. And they wear the diapers. Listen, if a angel, real angel showed up, you may need the diapers. It depends. Though might help too, but anyway. Because what happens is, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news. Good news. And then he says, and great joy that, that will be for what, what kind of people? All the people. All means all. When I look it up in the Hebrew, the Greek, and the Aramaic, it means all. God put all. That means all of us. For unto us, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. Who is Christ the Lord? There's three, Je- there's three reasons why Jesus came to this earth. The first reason is this, is to show you what God is like. To show us what God's like. What do you mean? By looking at the mountains and the oceans and the weather, we know God is powerful. By looking at the universe and the plants and the stars, we know God's organized. Thank God for good wives. They keep me, my wife keeps me organized. You see, and he says, by looking at nature, flowers, and animals, we know that there is a God. There's, God is creative and loves beauty. Are y'all with me? But the most important thing we learn about God is that we can only learn from, and we, we only can learn from Jesus. For instance, nature doesn't teach us that God is loving. We only know that because of Jesus, that he came. Nature doesn't teach us you know, that God is forgiven. We only know that because of Jesus and he forgave. Let me ask you a question. How many of you have been forgiven by someone that you did something bad to? Come on, let's be, come on, let's be honest. You know, I had one of my relatives uh, text me this week because Christmas is coming and they, they had all these things and they had said some things and everything and they asked me to forgive them. And I wrote back, I said, how can I not forgive you when I've been forgiven so much? 
You know, I've been forgiven. I've been serving the Lord for 39 years. That doesn't mean I don't. I haven't had instances where I've sinned or I've had bad attitudes or I've done things or said things that I shouldn't have said. Or, or you, you, hello, come on. If you think you're looking at a perfect man up here, God's not more. God's not interested in perfection. God's interested in progress. Are you hearing me? We want to be perfectionists, but God's going. Come on, let's get it. Come on. How many you know when your kids are making progress? Come on. You go, ah, praise God, they're finally getting it. And I never thought he'd get it, that little dim wit. I mean, that little blessing that God gave me. Nature doesn't teach us Jesus to forgive me. We only experience that when we have a relationship with Jesus. We receive his forgiveness. You see, nature doesn't teach us that God has a plan for your life. Only Jesus can teach us that. The second reason that he came is to show you what life can really be like. The truth is, most people really aren't living. They're just existing. They're just not. You know, all the money in the world doesn't bring happiness. It can, money can buy you things. It can buy you a bed, but it can't, bring, can't give you peace and sleep at night. Money can buy you lots of things, but it won't satisfy your soul. You know, when I was young, I thought if I had, when I was young, I, I, I look at myself kind of like the rich young ruler. I came from a very wealthy family. I, I got kicked out of the house, you know, because of my behavior and things I didn't do. Do you believe that I got kicked out of the house because I wouldn't go to church? And then God has a sense of humor. Now I'm in church every Sunday somewhere. And I look back and I go, man, God, you're good. You know, that's 39 and a half years ago. I'm not even the same. I can't even comprehend what I used to think. But I thought, man, if I have money, if I have motorcycles, I have the right cars, and I have the right place, had money in the bank, all that. At 19 and 20 years old, working for the world's largest surveying company, making crazy money back then, it's still crazy money now. I remember I'd go party at bars and you know when when you get loosened up you know when alcohol loosens your your gears up you kind of get loose come on how's a loose caboose and then i get friendly i buy people things i'd come in at night i'd wake up the next morning see how much money i had left on my money clip because i just i was a friendly guy people liked me but inside i didn't like myself you know why because i lived in shame And that's what the enemy puts on everybody. He plays the blame game and the shame game, and he never stops. But see, when I look at this, Jesus came to show us what life is real. See, we can think, well, if I get this, if I do this, if I get there, if we go on this vacation, then we got the life. But at the end of the day, you get up in the morning, you go to work, you go to school, you come home, and you stare at the screen. 70, 80 years. You do it over and over and over, and then you die. They never really fully were alive. See, John 10, 10, in the message, I came so that you can have real and eternal life. Listen to me. There's life beyond this life. Are you hearing me? This week, this week I was with the most negative oncologist that we, in, the, in the group that I'm with. 
checks me for my cancer and everything. And so I was sitting in there talking to the doctor. I'm not going to give you his name, but he, he goes, you know, uh, Bubba, I'm the one that told your wife and your, and your, your son, Zach, that you weren't going to make it. I actually grew up around him. Same age, everything. And, and yeah, I mean, you have people that are just negative. It don't matter if something's going good, they got something negative. Man, in the sun, great. Yeah, but the wind's blowing too hard. You know what I mean? You, you know what I'm saying? Man, it's perfect day to go hunting. Yeah, but we can't go skiing. You know, okay, whatever. And he said, I told him you weren't going to make it. And I said, isn't it amazing? I'm just going to say his name, first name's Bill, but it's not. But I said, Bill, isn't it amazing when we're young, we're stubborn, we're proud, we're arrogant, and we think we write all the time. And all the teenagers said, amen. And I said, for some of us, we just learn it later in life. You see, I gave my life to the Lord when I was 20 years old. And he looked at me and he said this. He said, Bubba, I learned it late in life. And he said this. He said, because he's the one that said I'm going to make it. And I said, you know, it's amazing. He said, I can try to, I've learned this being a doctor. I can't put a date on anybody. And he said, when I look at you, this is what he said. You're my miracle I needed to see. Listen. I was yesterday, I was in Popeye's fried chicken. The lady that was my nurse in the rehab hospital for 10 days walked in, Cynthia. She's African-American. We had fun in the rehab. We told stories. We joked around. She walked in Popeye's, and it's like my hero walked in. I go, Cynthia, and I give her a big old kiss. What's that white man kissing that black woman? And she goes, you look good. I go, I'm getting fat. She goes, you ain't fat. You're looking good. I tell that to my wife. I've learned this. When you live life, you're not afraid to tell people the life that you live. Because I looked at that doctor and I said, it's only because of Jesus, doc, that I'm alive today. It's only because. Of, and he goes, I know that. You're my miracle. And see, let me tell you something. Until you get connected with your creator, you're not going to live the full life. Life in full. Come on. It's kind of like this. This bottle's full. Come on. What If you bump into this bottle, whatever's in it is going to come out. Oh, he did that. <laughs> Give me a break, guys. Come on. But he, I needed a drink anyway. The Bible says, and it's not in my notes, he's the living water. If you thirst, he'll give you drink. If you're hungry, he'll feed you. That's the kind of God we serve. The third thing I want you to know why he came is to forgive everyone, every, to forgive everything you've ever done. Look at me. Everything. You mean that one thing that, that, did, that no one knows about? That too. And more. How many of you know that the enemy loves to keep you in shame? And he can, I can forgive all that, but not that one right there. Look at me. Look at me. When you got in the mirror this morning, you looked. Come on. 
and you go, man, I'm trying to get that crack out. Let me get some Bondo, get that crack out of my. Listen, your husbands, they used to be, they used to be your hunk. Now they're your chunk. Life just changes things. Come on. They shift. You sag and you drag now. I don't care what you say. The older you get, you can tuck it and puck it, baby, but share just then, she don't look the same. Kenny Rogers said when he, when he had a facelift, they pulled back his face and he started shaving behind on his neck because his beard grew on his neck. Some of y'all are having fun, all right. That's all right. Until you get connected, you're not going to have the full life. What did you come to do? You came, you said maybe you're a visitor and go, hey, we're going to go to the theater, see what's showing over there at that church. Can I tell you what we're trying to show? Jesus. He's the reason for the season, but I'm fixing to tell you something else in a minute. Number three, to forgive everything you've ever done. Matthew says, she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their what? From their what? Their sins. Sin is just me first. Me, mine. We learn that young, don't we? Try to take something away from a child. Mine, no, mine, mine. Reminds me of a story I read. A lady was trying to get a chocolate bar out of her, her son's hands, but they were on the beach because it was full of sand. And he was like throwing a fit, kind of like manifestation at the Walmart checkout line. You know, Thank God for self-serving now. But he thought she was trying to take the chocolate bar away, but she wanted to clean his hands and replace it with a big old lollipop. But he didn't see it. And sometimes that's the way God is with us. No, God, I can't give that up. I know he's so fine. But God's got something better for you, honey. Don't lower your standards. Don't lower lower who you are. Sir, don't lower who you are to impress somebody. Ever had someone pay your bill when you went out and ate? I've had that many times, you know, because I'm a pastor or something. Hey, you know, behind the scenes. That's when you go, dang, I should have had the steak and lobster. <laughs> something that just, it doesn't feel right because they didn't eat it. I did, but they paid for it. Jesus should, shouldn't have paid for my sins. He didn't do the sinning. I did. You did. Salvation is a definition. You know what salvation? It's a gift. It's a gift. It's a gift. What do you mean, Pastor Bubba? It's a gift. The greatest gift God gave you is not found under the tree, but hung on a tree. Did you get that? It's not under the tree. It's he hung on the tree. See, Christmas started with the cry of a baby in a manger, but ended with a cry of man on a cross. Jesus didn't come to give us a holiday from, from our work but a holiday from our sins. Why did he do it? I love, y'all ask good questions. He loves you more than you will ever understand. When I was in Bible college, there was a girl, but she's a missionary now in Russia. She never got married. She's beautiful. Her name's Dana Evans. She's a friend of Tracy and I's. And I remember she said, you know, before, 
I knew God, but when I really met him, he was better than I ever imagined that he could be. And that stuck in my heart all these years. You see, First John says it like this. God showed how much he loved us by sending his only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. That God sent his son as a sacrifice to take away my sins and your sins. I'm glad he came because his, his presence gave me a present. People say, Jesus is the reason for the season. Now, let me just, let me tell you what the real reason is. Jesus became, came because you are the reason for the season. He came for us. He came for you. You see, let me just wrap all this. The result is you can know God personally. See, this Christmas, you can open up a bunch of gifts most will be impractical, most will be impersonable, and most will be temporary. Come on. If it's a shotgun, that's no, no, I'm just. God has a gift today for you that is personal, practical, priceless, permanent. And his name is Jesus. See, because Jesus came, I can have a relationship with the creator of the universe, so can you. It's not about me. It's about us. That he came for us. God knows everything about you. Really? Everything. And here's a crazy thing. But he's still in love with you. The most he wants, he wants you to know him. What do you mean? The reason he put you on this earth is to have a relationship with him. One of my favorite lines in Joy to the World is this. Let every heart prepare him room. Listen. I, I read a quote one time. It says, God never sends a messenger with an empty envelope. Listen, all I can do, I'm a messenger. All I can do is open up the envelope, give you a word, and it's up to you to respond to the word the Holy Spirit, how he speaks to you. Maybe you heard this morning and you begin to feel something in your heart gravitate towards Jesus. Maybe you were raised in religion. See, let me just say this. Jesus didn't come to make you more religious. He didn't die for religion. He died for you as a person. That you would have a relationship with him. And that if we open our heart and give him room, he'll come. It's by invitation. God, come. Come. You know, the most precious moments in my life is when my kids ask me to come and they want to talk to me. My, my daughter and I were talking the other day because she still manipulates me. She does. It's easy. Because I love her. She, I only got one like her. I got five boys and one girl. She's the baby. So the odds aren't good for my other children. And we were talking, she woke up not too late yesterday, but kind of late. Me and my wife were drinking coffee, and she came and she started talking. I could see the look in her eye, because I know that look. Because when when she was little, she used to come and get in bed with me. And I'd rub her hair, and she'd rub me, and she'd tell me, Dad, I love you. 
She doesn't do that anymore. She's 14. If I told you she did, she'd be embarrassed. But she looked at me and she goes, Dad? I go, I know that look. Donuts, right? Donuts. When she was four, it was cute. Now that she's a teenager, it's annoying sometimes. But guess what? We went got donuts. Because I love her. I love to talk to her. I love when she's happy. I love when I can bring joy to her heart. When she can bring joy back to me. It's a relationship. It's what God wants. If we say, God, I just want to be free from this guilt, this shame. Don't you think God wants to do that? He came to this world. You make room. How do we make room in our hearts? There's a word called repentance. That means, God, I'm sorry for the way I've lived. I've lived for myself and myself only. And I don't want to live that way anymore. I want to live to please and honor you. And we turn to him. Here's the word. We turn to him in faith. That means forsaking all, I take him. That's what that means, faith. You just break it down in acronym. Forsaking all, I take him. And that's where we go. I don't see it. I don't feel it. But I trust it. I, I see now. My eyes have been opened. What Christmas is all about. It's about Jesus. That he came. The reason for the season is me. Can we just bow our heads and close our eyes all over this place? Maybe you heard this morning. You said, Pastor Bubba, that's me. I'm really not where I need to be during this Christmas season. I don't want to continue to walk on and live in a religion, but I, I really want a relationship with him like I've never had. I've heard people have a relationship, or I've had one before, but I need to come back. I need to, I need to just enjoy life. I want the life that he has for me. I don't want to just exist. I want his life. If that's you this morning, no one looking around, would you just raise your hand, Pastor Bob, would you pray for me? Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can put it down. Anyone else? I'm not going to beg. It's okay to raise your hand. It's saying this. You know what it's really saying? God, you know where I'm at. You know what I need. And you know the beautiful thing about God? He brings you right back where you left off. Can we all pray this prayer together out loud? Just say it with me. See, dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe on the cross you took my sin, my shame, and my guilt. You died for it. I believe that you faced hell for me so I wouldn't have to go. And you rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth and a relationship with your Father. Today, Lord Jesus, I turn from my sin to be born again. God is my Father. Jesus is my Savior. And the Holy Spirit is my helper. And heaven is now my home. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Come on, let's give a hand clap for those that prayed that prayer of faith.